Amen. All righty. How many guys besides Joey, John, have learned this valuable lesson in life? You ready for this one? Uh, no matter how much you try to plan things out correctly, there's just always something there to mess it up. Have you noticed that? You learned that one? Well, for those of you who give me that blank stare and who are in denial, like somebody over there, uh, I'm here to help you out. We're going to take a look at some actual plans that people made, and you tell me if they didn't quite work out like they were hoping, okay? Let's take a look at a few of them here. Uh, and these are all true stories, by the way. After the Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska, remember that big thing? Okay, get this. The average cost of rehabilitating a seal, one seal was $80,000. Well, at a special ceremony, two of the most expensive saved animals were released back into the wild amid cheers and applause from the onlookers. Yay! I'm not making it up. A minute later, in full view, they were both eaten by a killer whale. That's a $160,000 snack for those of you hooked on math. <laughs> 1992, true story. Frank Perkins of LA made an attempt to uh, beat the world's uh, flagpole sitting record. He was suffering from flu. Listen to this, man. Talk about a bummer. He came down just eight hours short of the 400-day record, whereupon he found out that his sponsor had gone bust, his girlfriend left him, and his phone electricity had been shut off. Didn't quite work out like you thought. Here's another one. I'm not making this up. A woman came home to find her husband in the kitchen, shaking frantically with what looked, uh, uh, looked like a wire running from his waist towards the electric skillet. So intending to jolt him away from the deadly current, she whacked him with a handy plank of wood by the back door, breaking his arm in two places. Now, Ron, up until that point, he'd been happily listening to his Walkman. Whoa. Wow. But I tell you what, folks, I'm not making this up, and this is not doctored, it's not fake. This is real. Uh, the ultimate example of things not working out like you planned them has to be this marriage ceremony. Check this out. Chloe, will you have Keith to be your wedded husband, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and keep him, in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him, as long as you both shall live. The rings, please. Oh, oh God! No! no! Oh, oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Are you okay? Oh, my God! Oh, I'll just leave it right there. Look at that look from that pastor. He's in big trouble. Whoa. Man. I'm not making that up. That really happened, okay? But I think the uh, proof's in the pudding, John. You need to pay attention, okay? Don't live in denial anymore. Uh, sometimes your plans don't work out very well, right? No matter how much you try, okay? But folks, once again, here's the point. Did you know one day the plans of the whole world are going to get totally messed up? Okay? You see, whether you realize or not, did you know that our planet, mankind, is making plans to build their own utopia without God? They don't need them. <laughs> but did you know one day God's going to mess the whole thing up? And here's what he's going to do. The church is going to disappear, mm, just like that at the rapture. And mankind's so-called great plans for utopia just turned into your greatest nightmare. They were left behind. And the Bible says at that point, you're going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation. And that is not a joke. As we've been seeing, folks, that is an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. And that Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. Unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would literally be destroyed just like that. But as we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he lives, loves you and I, 
his children and his creation in general okay he gives us so many warning signs to let us know when the tribulation was near and the rapture we don't know the exact day or the hour but boy it's around the corner anybody starting to do the rapture practice still you better okay so to keep you and i from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind even worse than that look from that pastor at that wedding ceremony that freaked me out. I'm a pastor. Okay, uh, we're going to continue in our study, the final countdown update. Okay, and we saw the first four updates so far is the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology. And that's right, the last two times was worldwide upheaval. Turn to somebody and go, boom! Right? The planet is going to get messed up before Jesus comes back. We've already seen the rise of wars and rumors of wars. And then we saw last time, if you were here, famines and earthquakes. And what we saw there, the proof's in the pudding. The planet is shriveling up like never before with famines all over the world, including here in America, specifically even in California. And the big news is what happens in California affects the rest of America and the world. Why? Because California is the breadbasket for the country and oftentimes for the world as well. Then we saw the, the planet is cracking up all over the place like never before with earthquakes, not just increasing in size and number, but specifically as the text says from Jesus in various places you would think would never have a problem with earthquakes like Oklahoma and Ohio and Alabama, okay? Places you thought were safe are not safe anymore. There is no place to hide in the seven-year tribulation. It's almost like God's trying to corral us to one conclusion. That is this, you don't want to be there. Take the way out, the only way out, through Jesus Christ, okay? But that's not all. The fourth sign to indicate we are headed for worldwide upheaval is this increase of pestilence or diseases, or literally the Greek word that's used there is plagues, okay? But that's the idea, pestilence, disease, okay? And, uh, but again, as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Luke 21. Now, as we've seen before, this is the parallel passage of the classic passage dealing with signs of the last days in Matthew 24. But in this passage, we get a couple extra nuggets from Jesus about how do you know you're living in the last days. So let's go ahead and turn there. Luke 21. Luke 21 is our opening text there. And if you find Luke, what do you do? Or tell him to get in here. He's late for services. Right? Luke 21. Uh, uh, uh. Had to throw a new one in there once in a while. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Luke 21. Let's take a look at our text there, verses 7 through 11. The disciples are asking Jesus, what can we expect? How do we know it's getting close? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus says uh, to you and I. Okay, verse 7. They asked the teacher, uh, uh, when will these things happen? And what's going to be a sign that they're about to take place? And he, Jesus, replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them, Jesus says. And then when you hear of wars and, and revolutions, don't be alarmed. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and, and kingdom against kingdom. And there's going to be great earthquakes and famines and what? Pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven and Lord willing, we can get to that specific sign next week, okay? But as we've seen here in our context, we get a couple extra nuggets that were not contained in Matthew 24 here in Luke 21. But Jesus says right after the warning of uh, deceit, right after the warning of wars and, and then famines and earthquakes, what was the very next sign? He says you're going to see an increase in various places. Pestilence or disease. Now again, here's the problem. The scoffer is going to take a look at this passage, this loving warning from Jesus, Okay, and they're going to say, so what? Pestilence, smestilence, disease, uh, whatever that is, shmeeze, however you say it. Uh, uh, this is no big deal. We've always had disease. What's, why, why should I pay attention now? Well, again, yeah, since the fall of man, unfortunately, we've had to deal with diseases. 
Okay, the curse upon creation of mankind. Uh, but the point is, not like we see today. And wait till you see what we're going to see today. It's really not like we see today. This is absolutely mind-blowing. In the last century alone, we have seen nothing short of an explosion of not just pestilence, but global pestilence. Okay, like never before. And yet in total arrogance, as we saw before, listen to this, as recent as 1979, the U.S. Surgeon General said, quote, it is time to close the books on infectious diseases. We whooped them, Mario, back in 1979. We're never going to have to worry about disease again. That's what he said. How many of you guys are wondering, that's probably why he lost his job. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. As we saw before, by the 1990s, after he made that uh, prediction, instead of fading out of existence, infectious diseases have gone ballistic. And, and right on up to today. In fact, ones that we thought were once conquered are coming back, and they're coming back with a vengeance. Okay, and listen to this. Uh, tuberculosis. You're thinking, oh, we, we whooped that one way back when. Several decades Folks, that thing is coming back. And listen to this. They are projecting that 10 million people are going to die again from tuberculosis next year. 10 million, not 1,000. 10 million, okay? But not only that, so is whooping cough, okay? The whooping cough is coming back, and it has reached, and this is a direct quote, epidemic levels and epidemic proportions with 800 new cases being reported in just two weeks in just California. And here's a news report that sounded the alarm. All these diseases we thought we had long whooped, for some reason, they're making a very big comeback. Let's take a look. Public health officials in California this morning are alerting the state's population about an alarming jump in cases of whooping cough. The disease is particularly dangerous for young children, causing bouts of violent coughing and gasping for air. Carter Evans reports that it is now officially at epidemic levels. More than 800 cases of whooping cough have been reported in California during the past two weeks, leading the state's Department of Public Health to declare an epidemic on Friday. There have already been more than 3,400 cases in the state so far this year. Whooping cough typically starts with cold-like symptoms and can progress to severe coughing fits that leave those infected gasping for air. That's a very unpleasant disease. Although California is currently the only state to declare an epidemic, there has been a 24% increase in whooping cough cases nationally from this time last year. What? Whooping cough? I thought we had that one whooped a long time ago. And it's spreading again? Interesting. But that's not another disease. This blew me away. Another disease is coming back and is causing this. I'm going to share some quotes with you. International concern. Get this is polio. Polio? What? Polio, quote, was one of the most dreaded childhood diseases of the 20th century. It provided the impetus for the great race to develop vaccines. That's what pretty much started that uh, big trend, okay? But surely we beat that one a long time ago, right, Tom? Listen to these quotes. This is wild. For the first time ever, the World Health Organization uh, declared the spread of polio an international public health emergency that could grow in the next few months and unravel the decades of effort to eradicate the crippling disease. The agency described the current uh, polio outbreaks in 10 different countries as, quote, an extraordinary event that required a coordinated international response. In other words, you better take this thing serious. It's coming back. And if we don't work together, it's going out of control. Polio. Polio. And they said, unless it's eradicated, quote, it will continue to spread internationally. Polio. But not just polio, so are measles. Measles are coming back. Measles? Yeah. Listen to this. Measles cases in the United States hit a 20-year high. 
20-year high, according to the Center for Disease Control. And one guy said this, I love this quote. He said, mm, this is not the kind of record we want to break. Quote, it should be a wake-up call for us. Well, that's interesting. Okay, but now that's not all. Uh, also, another one's coming back, also mumps, but also smallpox. Smallpox. Now listen to this. A new smallpox-related uh, virus is raising alarms. Quote, smallpox was a disfiguring scourge that killed an estimated 300 million to 500 million people in the 20th century uh, alone, and we thought we had it eradicated. But now the Center for Disease Control has announced that a new smallpox virus has been discovered in Western Asia and, quote, they're concerned it could spread or be used as a bioterrorism agent. Well, wait a second. I mean, we wouldn't be responsible for releasing some of these diseases or making them come back, would we? We'll get to that in just a, a little bit. But isn't it ironic that we just happen to live in the days in our generation where, of all things, we live in a generation where mankind now uses diseases to kill each other with? just in time for Jesus' prophecy to come to pass that you're going to see an increase of diseases in the last days. But I'm sure that's just a quinky dink Right, right Reed? Sure, Pastor, really? Thanks for that vote of confidence. But that's not another disease we thought we had confidence that's coming back, okay? You heard about this one way back in the day, but it's syphilis. Syphilis is making a huge comeback. Now, you want to know why? It's because we didn't want to listen to God. You reap what you sow is what the scripture says. Let's take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Don't do it. Do it God's way. You'd be perfectly fine. No problems whatsoever. But no, you don't want to listen to God. Here says, here's the payoff. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his what? Your own body. In other words, you break God's commandment in this area and you are going to pay a price. Eventually, for it in your own body, right? The Bible clearly says that any sex outside of marriage is dangerous to your health. But we didn't want to listen to God. Listen to this quote. We reap what you sow. Direct quote, folks. Syphilis is making a worrying comeback in the United States. Listen to this. With cases nearly doubling since 2005. Doubling. And you want to know why? Listen to this. More than 90% of the cases are among men. Most of them who are gay or bisexual. Well, it's a good thing we don't promote that behavior in America. You reap what you sow. You don't want to do it God's way. You want to flop that? Here it comes. Listen to this, folks. This is why. After being on the verge of elimination in the year 2000, syphilis was almost completely eradicated in the year 2000. Quote, in the United States, the cases are rebounding. I wonder why. Okay, you're rebelling against God. But that's not another disease we thought we had once conquered. It's making a comeback and it's causing quite the stir is cholera. Okay, and you're thinking, cholera, what's cholera? Well, it's just one of the worst diseases of all. Let's take a look at that critter. Disease. Throughout history, mankind's biggest killer. In the 14th century, the plague sweeps through Asia and Europe, killing one-fifth of all people on the planet. The city becomes a threat to the survival of mankind. 1854, London, the largest city in the industrial world. 
population, two and a half million. A third living in slums. Up to eight to a room, 40 to a house. Twice as crowded as Mumbai in India today. The entire city of London, the most advanced metropolitan area in the world, was really an open sewer. Number 40 Broad Street. The first victim. Sarah Lewis's five-month-old daughter, dying of cholera. Vibrio cholerae, a strain of bacteria that doubles in number every 13 minutes, attacking the stomach and intestines, killing a healthy adult in hours. In just three days, 127 dead in London. And it's spreading again. What? Cholera? Okay, quote, listen to this. Despite efforts to corral the outbreak of cholera in the world, the sheer number of rising cases is painting a worrisome picture for health officials. In other words, something is going haywire. Something is going wrong. All these diseases we thought we had whooped, all of a sudden they're making a comeback, and mm, we better wake up. Uh, that's from the health officials. But you might be out there asking the logical question, uh, and that people ask all the time, say, well, okay, wait a second, Pastor Billy. I mean, how in the world could there be such an increase of diseases on the planet, especially these ones specifically we thought we had conquered, and all of a sudden they're making a comeback? I mean, we are living in the most medically advanced era ever. How can it happen? Well, thanks for asking, Scott. You're very astute back there on the back row, and I see you. Uh, the first reason, folks, uh, that we're going to take a look at several reasons why, but we're looking at reasons why they're all coming into play in the last days exactly when Jesus said it would happen. And the first reason why we're seeing massive diseases increase across the planet, all across the world, once again, is from mosquitoes. Okay, for those of you in the south, or mosquitoes for those of you up here. Okay, uh, mosquitoes, okay. Diseases, we know, I would assume, are spread by viruses or parasites, okay, but mosquitoes okay, can transmit those parasites or viruses uh, when they bite the animals or people and then they turn around and they bite another person, etc. They're like a flying syringe, okay, is really what's going on there, okay? And that's the method that's being responsible for the current uh, increased outbreak, again, of malaria, the West Nile virus, this is how it's spread, yellow fever, okay, but, but the latest concern with mosquitoes, even here in the United States, is they're going to spread some new viruses, now, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, there's a new virus here in America, and I'm not making this up, it's called the chikungunya virus. Now, right there, it tells you something's evil. Chikungunya. I'll take a gunya to your chicken, and yeah. Okay, it's called the chikungunya virus, okay? And it started primarily in the Caribbeans from mosquitoes, but guess what has happened over here? Mosquitoes have brought it over here uh, from people, and now it's spread to 15 different states. Let's take a look at that. Now, health experts are warning about another virus carried by mosquitoes. This one has infected tens of thousands of people throughout the Caribbean, and now Americans are coming down with it, too. 
The chikungunya virus, or Chick-V as it's known, is a mosquito-borne virus which has been confirmed in 15 states, including New York. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 25 cases have been reported in Florida alone. So far, all the infected Americans have contracted the virus in parts of the world where it is most common. But researchers are worried that mosquitoes in the U.S. could pick up the disease by biting infected people. There's a concern that people from the United States who go to the Caribbean might be bitten by infected mosquitoes and then bring this illness, this virus, back to the United States. We have the kind of mosquito that will transmit this virus here in the U.S. Prior outbreaks have occurred in Africa, Asia, and Europe. Late last year, the virus was found for the first time on the Caribbean islands, where more than 100,000 people have been sickened. And now, thanks to mosquitoes, it's here in 15 different states, and it's spreading. Interesting. But not only uh, is it the mosquitoes spreading that one, there's another uh, uh, virus that's being spread called the uh, dengue uh, fever, okay, which is worse than the chikungunya one, and the health uh, officials say this threat is greater than I've seen in my lifetime. It's serious. And they, they, they have a warning. The warning was this. If there's public apathy towards this, we're going to have a problem. Once again, the common theme is, hey, if something's going wacky with these diseases and they're spreading all over the place, no matter what we try, we better wake up, okay? The second reason why diseases are spreading all over the world, you knew it's coming, folks, is from chickens. I see you're in denial, but I'm here to help you because I love you. That's right. Now, the first obvious thing that we got to, let me get rid of some text because you got to see this. I didn't doctor this up. This is no Photoshop, folks. Those are devil horns right there. You know what I'm saying? That's all natural. That's just what those things are. Okay, you know it's true. Okay, but as you guys can see, it's from chickens. Now, uh, I had to share this. I had to share this. Okay, uh, and this is actually true. Okay, believe it or not, a superbug bacteria is widespread in U.S. chicken. That's right. About half of the raw chicken breast nationwide sampling carried antibiotic-resistant superbug bacteria. The group said it tested for six types of bacteria in 316 raw chicken breasts purchased from retailers nationwide. Almost all of the samples of chicken contain harmful bacteria. Let's close in prayer. No, let's not. I got more to go. Uh, but actually, you could repeat after me a very, very important phrase. Eat beef and prosper. You want to do that? You want to just go ahead? You know there's going to be a t-shirt next week with that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Just hope it made the recording. Let's move on. <laughs> the third reason, and that is serious, but even more serious. The third reason why diseases are spreading, wait till you get a hold of this one. I was talking with this my family in California just a couple days ago, is the border issue. Okay, and there's a whole, oh man, well, let's just get started on that. Apparently, because we can't seem to get a grip on our border uh, issue, okay, uh, people are not waiting for mosquitoes or unfortunately chicken to transfer diseases to them. Uh, we're doing it ourselves. Listen to this. Health experts warn diseases crossing the border are becoming a crisis. Well, what diseases? Well, here's what's coming across the border right now into the United States every single day. Things like tuberculosis. Okay, measles, scabies, lice, that dengue fever, and leprosy is coming across the border right now. Why? Here's the quote. President Obama's non-enforcement immigration doctrine has invited illegal border crossings, which brings with it a wave of illnesses and diseases, listen, that have long been stamped out in America. But not anymore. We're letting them in. 
The current administration basically says, come on over, one and all, including all your diseases. You may not hear much about it here, but if you're in one of the states on the border, like Texas, they're sounding the alarm. Let's take a look at this news report. And now reaching out to the Federal Homeland Security Director for answers she says the president isn't giving. And to Texas now, where we're learning exclusively about a new health threat coming from illegal border crossers. The Border Patrol now worried about a virus outbreak. And ABC 15's Sabita Fergani is taking action to get that story in Texas. They're seeing crossers with contagious infections. And sources tell me right now, all that separating the sick from the healthy, this caution tape, and agents tell me that's not enough. We're sending people everywhere, and the average person, the average citizen, doesn't realize what's going on down here. Agent Chris Cabrera's concerns go way past the hundreds of women and children that cross the Rio Grande River every day in southern Texas. We're having an outbreak of... Uh, of scabies that it's been going on for a, a month or so now. The illegals will come across and they'll jump that fence. They'll... Texas border resident Jorge Garcia says word about the contagious skin infection is getting around. Our border patrol comes and checks with us almost on a daily basis here, and they told us about an outbreak of scabies here at the McAllen station. And that's not all. We're starting to see chicken pox. We're starting to see uh, staph infections. We're starting to see different viruses. Garcia believes the viruses are not confined to the detention center. Not long ago, a group of border crossers came knocking on his door. It was a seven-month-old baby. The baby was shaking and cold. It had a, a high fever. We're told the Department of Homeland Security called in the Coast Guard medics. This trailer is just one of many used to treat the sick. They're all contagious. So now we're transporting people to different parts of the state, different parts of the country. And some of these viruses uh, are, are asymptomatic at this point. They're not showing the symptoms. Which means when they're put on buses and they're shipped all across the United States, when they get in your state, they look just fine. Until a few days later when the disease pops out and then starts to spread in your state. Hmm. Now, I don't have time to get into this. Maybe we can get into this, Lord willing, if we ever make it to the, the rapture doesn't occur first, into the topic of one world government. But I'm just going to throw a little warning across there. Uh, certainly there is an issue with the border stuff going on that needs to be attentive to. We need to do something, okay? But the mandate typically to really schnooker us is to create a crisis so you can manage the outcome. I'm just going to say this for now. So some reports I've heard. One of the things now because of this crisis and who created the crisis? But because of this crisis, they're wanting a whole slug of cash to build camps in the United States. And we all just hope those camps just stay for one purpose. But we'll talk about that, Lord willing, uh, maybe later. But another one uh, that we're going to see is the reason why diseases are spreading all across the United States, exactly like Jesus said, is because of that modern transportation issue. Once again, now we saw before that one of the most horrific outbreaks of disease was the infamous flu outbreak of uh, 1918 that killed anywhere from 50, I've heard as high as 130 million. One guy said it was 3% of the world's population. And we saw before the reason why that thing spread so fast was because for the first time in mankind's history, we have a global transportation system to transfer these diseases that would used to stick in one area because you'd have to hop over the pond, so to speak. Not anymore. Folks, and this is why, this is a recent quote, Dr. Diana Bensel of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, said, quote, with today's pattern of global travel and trade, disease can spread nearly anywhere on the planet within 24 hours. And it's already actually 
happening. The first one that's really causing concern and starting to spread global, even here in America, is the virus called MERS, okay, or MERS, okay, it's M-E-R-S is the acronym. It stands for the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. It first started in Saudi Arabia. It's got no known treatment or cure, by the way. It's got a 30% death rate, and it's extremely contagious, and it's spreading, and it's already made it all the way over here to the United States because of our traveling habits. Let's take a look at that. The MERS virus was first reported in 2012 in Saudi Arabia. There are 401 known cases worldwide with 93 deaths. All the cases can be traced back to the Arabian Peninsula. The second case of the deadly MERS virus has been confirmed in the Netherlands. This, as the World Health Organization issues a new warning, calling the spread of this virus more urgent. 570 cases of MERS have been identified since 2012, with nearly one-third of them Fatal. One third of them fatal. That's a, a pretty disturbing fatality rate. A deadly disease has appeared for the first time in the U.S. It's called Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, the MERS virus for short. The Centers for Disease Control says MERS turned up in Indiana, where one patient recently back from Saudi Arabia is being treated. Until now, the virus has been seen only in the Middle East and Europe, a dozen countries in all. About 100 people have died from it. Here's Dr. John Lapook. The unidentified patient was a healthcare worker in Saudi Arabia. On April 24th, he flew from Riyadh to London and on to Chicago, then took a bus to Indiana. Three days later, fever, cough, and shortness of breath developed. The next day, he was admitted to Community Hospital in Munster, Indiana. The patient's travel history led the state's public health department to test for MERS. The MERS outbreak is spreading in the USA. A second case has been identified by officials. But at the moment, there's no specific antiviral drug that we have available to treat these patients. Well, that's exciting. You thought you were safe. Hey, who cares what happens in Saudi Arabia? We're safe over here. Not anymore because of the way we travel, okay? Oh, by the way, the guy who got the second case uh, ended up down in Florida. First one was Indiana. Listen to this. He, uh, he, quote, traveled from Saudi Arabia to London to Boston, then Atlanta, and then to Florida, where he reported feeling unwell with a fever and chills and a slight cough. <laughs> How many people did he cough that on that we don't even know about? Okay, but I'm telling you, you think that's bad? Yeah, mm -mm, I couldn't wait to get to this one. Uh, the next one they're really concerned about because of our modern travel technology and it can spread. You better pay attention to this one. I don't, have you guys seen the news on this one? It's the Ebola virus. Have you been paying attention to that? You need to, folks. The Ebola virus is one of the world's most lethal, lethal infections on the whole planet and it's spreading right now as we sit here. Quote, we are facing an epidemic of a magnitude never before seen of Ebola. Ebola has a fatality rate of 90%. The other one was 30. This is 90%. It kills you quickly with uncontrollable internal and external bleeding. Nine out of 10 people who get this die and there is no cure. And thanks to our travel technology, it started in one locale, it spread, it's hopped into other countries and we're hoping nobody gets on a plane and comes here. Let's take a look. In Africa, medical teams are scrambling to contain a deadly outbreak of Ebola, a highly contagious, often fatal virus with no known treatment or vaccine. American specialists have been deployed to Uganda to try and stop this regional emergency from spreading into a global pandemic. I have to say that there are a few things that I've, I've done in medicine that are as nerve-wracking as, as going into this place. Ebola is, is untreatable. 
Those are the three who have Ebola. Over there, over there, and over there. The president of Guinea, Alpha Conde, has urged the people not to panic as his government deals with an outbreak of the deadly Ebola virus. The medical charity Médecins Sans Frontières says the country is facing an unprecedented epidemic of Ebola. So far, 78 have died from the disease in Guinea. It causes severe bleeding. The country has 122 cases of suspected Ebola since January. The strain can kill up to 90% of its victims who suffer extensive internal and external bleeding. Now, four deaths have been reported in neighboring Liberia. The news agency reports suggest that the fever outbreak may have crossed the border into neighboring Sierra Leone. Many of the world's medical professionals, especially in the fields of infectious disease and public health, are focused on what's feared to be a major outbreak of one of the deadliest diseases to the, known to the planet, the Ebola virus. In recent weeks, it has spread quickly in West Africa, killing more than 100 people, raising concerns it could move quickly beyond there and pose an even broader threat. Dr. Tim Jagadic from Doctors Without Borders works with the infected there and spoke to us today by phone. In the urban area, we obviously have uh, more possibilities for more contact with people moving around different parts of the city, people leaving the city, moving to different parts of the country, possibly even leaving the country. An Ebola breakout in West Africa is, quote, totally out of control. That's according to an official from Doctors Without Borders. Well, I sure hope that none of those reporters who are reporting on it comes back with something, Tom. Oh, and I didn't have time. I already have my notes done. And I just heard a couple days ago, uh, quote, it has now become the, quote, greatest outbreak of Ebola in history. You know, if I didn't know better, it's almost like we're living in the last days and there's a characteristic in the last days we should expect to see right before Jesus comes back and gets us. Uh, it's called an increase of pestilence and diseases out of control in various places across the planet. And it's a good thing, Joey Carpentino, we don't see that. That was your time to shine. You missed it. Okay, well, I'll give you a hand clap anyway. Whoa, I tell you what, yeah. Uh, but that's not all. I've got a couple more real quick to go. The fifth reason why they're spreading, if that wasn't bad enough, I kid you not, is from laboratories. This is absolutely insane, okay? Laboratories, okay? Believe it or not, we are not even waiting for the diseases uh, to come back any longer or to be transported by planes or mosquitoes or chickens uh, or anything of that nature. We're actually not just creating them in the laboratory, we're recreating them in the laboratory. This is, this is wild, folks. They're actually working on right now making the bird flu, listen to this, even more contagious on purpose, well, just in case, Ruth, it actually makes the jump into humans, then we can know better. Oh, yeah, hello. Okay, and I'm not making this up. Actual news report, they're actually recreating the Black Plague. Watch this. And most of the time, when doctors find something in your teeth, it's a cavity. But now researchers have found DNA in the teeth of two Germans killed 1,500 years ago by the Justinian Plague and use those scrapings to recreate the bacteria. And what did they find? Well, that the very same bacteria that caused, caused the Justinian Plague also caused the famous Black Death Plague. But in recreating the strains of the plague, the scientists did something very similar to what researchers attempted during the film 28 Days Later. And Hendrik Ponar, who led the research, told the AP that if the plague becomes airborne, people could die within 24 hours of being infected. So that's very scary. And repeat after me. That's very dumb. 
<laughs> can you believe that? Hey, but hey, you guys take heart because we all know the government can be trusted. And I got a swamp over there I'm going to sell you too after certain <laughs> And if you think it's not possible for these things to escape these labs, you got another thing coming, folks. Let's take a look at the governments around the world, not just the U.S., at their track record of how they handle these diseases they recreate or house or whatever. Let's take a look at some of that. Okay, uh, and this is the first one. The human H1N1 virus escaped from a lab in Russia. Oops. Okay, the smallpox virus escaped in Great Britain three different times from two different smallpox laboratories. What? Uh, the foot and mouth disease was released in the UK when construction vehicles from a biosafety uh, laboratory carried mud contaminated with the disease from a defective wastewater line to a farm. That's how it got out from a laboratory. Uh, Venezuela equine encephalitis virus was released in Venezuela and Colombia, either from, they're not sure, it either happened from an unrecognizable infection of a lab worker, a visitor, an infected laboratory animal, or a mosquito. Take your pick. <laughs> what? That's crazy. The SARS virus had six escapes from virology labs, one in Singapore, one in Taiwan, four separate escapes from the same lab in Beijing. Excuse me? And this one, have you been reading the news? This just happened. Even here in America, 86 Atlanta Center for Disease Control workers were exposed to the anthrax virus here in America. It was just in the news. But don't worry, we know that they've got this under control. Yeah, whatever. And this is why the experts are saying on this topic, laboratories, listen to the irony. The public health danger posed by potentially pandemic-causing viruses escaping from laboratories has become the subject of considerable discussion. Oh, side note, it's almost like Hollywood's preparing us for something. Have you noticed all the movies about this? Interesting. Uh, the, the danger of a man-made pandemic sparked by laboratory escape is not hypothetical. Ironically, these laboratories that are working with pathogens to prevent outbreaks might very well, quote, be the cause of the outbreak. That's what the experts are saying, okay? Just in time for the diseases to increase that Jesus said would happen. One more to go. The sixth reason why diseases are spreading all the world, and we're not able to control them anymore, and that's this issue. It's the antibiotic issue. Okay, because you might be out there thinking, well, hey, haven't you watched Hollywood? Every time we have one of these diseases, first of all, you got to talk like you're from the South, apparently, to make your point. I don't know why I do that, but anyway, uh, haven't, you, haven't you seen Hollywood? Every time we got these diseases, uh, mankind wins. In the nick of the time, we find the cure. We, we're going to win. We'll whoop these two. No. Something's changed now, folks, because we have saturated ourselves with so many antibiotics, the diseases are now mutating and they're becoming resistant to all known medication. That's why the experts are saying, quote, the emergence of bacteria strains that cannot be killed by the current arsenal of antibiotics could become a public health threat, quote, worse than AIDS. And the CDC just came out with a report basically saying, we are in a hepatrobicus, prone translation, and we're about ready to head back into the dark ages medically because of this issue. Let's take a look. The CDC dropped a scary truth bomb on us this week. The U.S. will soon be in a post-antibiotic era. But don't panic. Actually, do panic. We all gonna die. The days of using antibiotics to treat common bacterial infections are numbered. Many of the bacteria that make us sick are rapidly developing defenses against the treatments that we have to kill them off, which leaves us with lots of sick people and no way to cure them. So why is this happening? For one, antibiotics are way overprescribed. Four out of five Americans are prescribed antibiotics every year, which is a rate the CDC describes as excessive. Some doctors hand it out like candy because it's a quick 
quick fix or because patients insist on it. It's prescribed without any medical necessity or benefit. For instance, the cold is one of the most common conditions antibiotics are prescribed for, and yet it does literally nothing to cure a cold. Plus, every time you take an antibiotic, the organisms in your body are at a greater risk of resisting that antibiotic for over a year. Then we can create super, super, super mega bugs the weight, which freaks me out because antibiotic resistance has the power to return us to a time when it was common for people to die from ordinary infections. Yeah, not cute. Not to mention they're recreating the Black Plague, making the bird flu even more contagious in the laboratory. And You put all this together and this is why they are saying right now, folks, modern medicine has failed when it comes to managing infectious diseases and newer strains of bacteria have outwitted us. Quote, the age of antibiotics is coming to an end. We are headed, this is their words, not mine. We are headed for a medical disaster. You know, it's almost like in the last days, one of the signs you can expect to see on the planet right before Jesus comes back is this increase of pestilence or disease. And I'm so glad we see no signs of that ever happening. Right, Joey Carpentino, round two, go. Yay! Get up for Joey! Woo! We got the right answer. That's right. Folks, this is why, I kid you not, in all seriousness, why do you think God is sharing this information with us? He loves us. He's given us a warning sign to let us know with this increase of pestilence, we're living in the last days. The tribulation is near. That means the rapture is even closer. That happens prior to that. This is why Jesus said the infamous statement, Luke 21, down further, Luke 21, 28. When these things begin to take place, they're happening now. Guess what? Christians, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Jesus Christ is coming back to get us. That's exciting. So, hey, let's leave here with a whole bunch of people joining us in heaven one day. Amen? Isn't that the way to go? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, what more does God got to do to get your attention? This ain't a joke. You think you're here by chance? Are you kidding me? If you're here and you don't know Jesus, your Savior, he brought you here to lovingly, hopefully, wake you up before it's too late. If you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Don't be left behind. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness, or the wrong things that we have done, have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin, or unholiness, uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? 
Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how... Uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word. Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest, we've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, 
if he would grant them what's called a pardon. Out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.